Many are getting rich. Many are failing. And many have fallen in their faith. Learn how to become an overcomer in this end time through the anointed teachings of Pastor Ebenezer Okronipa. Pastor Ebenezer Okronipa is an emerging voice and a leader in this end time movement of faith. His message centers on faith, the Holy Spirit, and the realities of the new creation in Christ. He is a senior pastor of Overcomers Nation Church and president of Ebenezer Kronipa Ministries in Accra, Ghana. Become inspired, empowered, and enlightened as you listen to the life-transforming message of God's Word through His special servant. And now, today's message. God bless you, God bless you. Can you take your seat in the presence of the Lord? Alright, tonight I have a lot to share. And so I want us to move quickly into the Word of God. And I want you to open up your spirit and listen with rapt attention the Word of God that is able to heal, that is able to deliver, that is able to establish us in the place of glory. Glory to Jesus. Father, we are grateful to you. Thank you for tonight. We are here to receive from you. Anoint these lips of clay. Let them minister oracles. So God, now bring your children into their financial triumph in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. In his spirits that govern poverty, that may be resident or operating in anybody's life tonight, let them be cast out in the name of Jesus Christ. And let the spirits of prosperity and increase that come from your presence be made manifest tonight. Thank you, Father, that we are ahead in Jesus' name. Somebody shout a big amen. Give another club of friends to Jesus. Tonight, I, I want to share with you on the subject of covenant wealth. Covenant wealth. Yesterday, or rather, let me start from Tuesday. Tuesday, I started talking to you about the blessing of financial prosperity. The blessing of financial prosperity. And I showed you that God wants His children to prosper. And I shared with you that prosperity is not just about material wealth. Most of the time, that is how we equate prosperity. But rather, prosperity is about the presence of God in your life. The amount of God's presence that you have in your life and the amount of it that is manifest and it's actually the definition of prosperity. So we saw the, uh, the scriptures talking about Joseph. Even though he was a prisoner or a slave, the Bible described him as a prosperous man. Why? For God was with him. For God was with him. In fact, God was so strongly with him that even his uh, master said, that, I have noticed that God is blessing me because God is with you. God is with you. So prosperity is about the presence of God. But then I share with you that there are different kinds of prosperity, and there's spiritual prosperity, there's physical prosperity, and there's also material or financial prosperity. Glory to Jesus. And I shared from the scriptures that indeed financial prosperity is also a part of the blessing of God for our lives. So yes, uh, Wednesday I went ahead to establish some pillars if you are going to experience the blessing of financial prosperity as a Christian. There must be some foundations that you need to have. And one of the emphasis I made was that God is our absolute uh, provider. God as our absolute source. And that this our absolute source. He is a good God. And then he will see to it. So we discovered Jehovah Jireh. The God that sees to it. The God that sees to it. So we discovered him on uh, Wednesday. And yesterday I went ahead to teach you some practical steps. 
practical steps that you can follow if you are going to enjoy or going to walk in a, a, a future of wealth. I shared with you that the vision shouldn't be to be rich. Because when we talk about riches, we are talking about material resources that are able to provide you present comfort. So we can, you can be rich, you can have a lot of money, you can have a car, you can have a nice apartment. But then when we talk about wealth, we are talking about something that is more sustaining. Something that you can even, can, you can even hand over to the next generation. So riches uh, can bless you momentarily, but your children will suffer because riches are, are not, uh, it's difficult to transfer riches. Amen and amen. But when you have wealth, wealth is talking about things that have future value, things that can appreciate and increase so that your children can also take advantage of it. The Bible said that a good man leaves an inheritance for what? His children's children. So this should be your vision as a child of God that in your financial destiny, in your financial uh, life, you should not just rise up to getting what you get to eat alone. No. You should go beyond yourself and see how you can be a blessing to your generation and the generations that come after you. When as a young person we begin to think this way, it brings us into a place of uh, responsibility. So you begin to uh, manage your life affairs much better. Jesus shared a parable, a story with us about how a man had two sons and a younger man, the younger son came to the father and said, Daddy, give me the portion of my inheritance. And the Bible said that he got, his father gave him half of all that he had. And the young man carried everything that he had he left with riches. So he was a rich man and he moved to a far off land. But the Bible said that he, just, he lost everything. Why? By riotous living. Riotous living. Hey, every weekend the girls and the booze, uh, every night party, and he was living riotously. He was spending everything. And one of the things you realize that he was spending everything on himself and on his uh, flesh and on his carnal senses. So, uh, he lost everything. He lost everything. Glory to Jesus Christ. So, uh, riches is not something that can be sustained. But when you have wealth, you have something that you can give uh, to your children and to your children's children. And I, I took us through eight practical steps. The first one I spoke about was what? Vision. Have a vision. What is the vision that you have concerning your financial future? If you are going to be 10 years from now, 5 years from now, 20 years from now, when you are going to describe yourself as a prosperous person, what picture are you seeing? And I tell you that it's a clear mental picture. And I went, we went through some seven other steps. Go back, listen to the message. It will be a blessing to you. Amen and amen. But I shared with you that is it all of those things are practical steps. Practical steps. When you go through the Bible, you realize that uh, the people that God blessed financially in the Bible, there was a practical aspect of their prosperity. But then the greater source of their prosperity was the covenant that was working with them. The covenant that was working with them. There is a covenant of prosperity. There is a covenant that brings wealth and abundance. In Deuteronomy chapter number 8, the verse number 18, the Bible says that, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. Listen to me tonight, whatever I'm teaching you is very prophetic. 
It's very prophetic. God has shown somebody, uh, one of our brothers, in a dream, this same scripture. And I believe that it was a message for us. So I'm sharing with you on the base of prophecy, on the base of an, a prophetic encounter. So I believe that there's an anointing. He saw in a vision and uh, he saw uh, myself and himself and my father, Reverend Dr. Bempa, and we were playing soccer, my God. And then he quoted this scripture, Deuteronomy 8, 18. He said it two times for emphasis. Now, that man has had an encounter with an angel where the angel told him that he had given him the grace for prosperity and anointing to raise prosperous people. So, the man carries an anointing. Amen and amen. An anointing that transfers and brings financial prosperity. So, I believe that tonight, somebody's miracle money is here. I believe that tonight, some, tonight marks an end to poverty in your life. In the mighty name of Jesus, let your amen bring you a, a manifestation. In the name of Jesus Christ. So, Deuteronomy 8, verse number 18. This is what uh, the Lord told the children of Israel. He said that, but you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Someone say power to get wealth. Not just to be rich, but power to get wealth. Why? That he may establish his covenant, which we swore to your fathers, as it is this day. Many years ago, the Lord revealed to um, Bishop David Oyedepo, the man was, 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 had been called by God into the ministry, and he was looking at how his finances were going. He realized that, no, he needed an intervention. So in three days of fasting and prayer, uh, the Lord spoke to him and said, that my son David, the, my prosperity is not a promise. My prosperity plan, my plan of financial prosperity for my children is not a promise. It is a covenant. It is a covenant. It is a covenant. You do your part and then I'm committed to do mine to make you prosperous. So prosperity is a covenant. It's a covenant. And Deuteronomy 8, 18 states it very clearly. He said that you remember, not forget, remember the Lord your God. Listen, why are we sharing this over here in the church? It is because it is what God is saying. So we are tying our prosperity to God. We are tying our financial breakthrough, our wealth to God because we understand that he is the source of all things. He said, you will remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power. Lift up your right hand. Say, I receive that power tonight. Your voice is too low for me. Say, I receive that power tonight to get wealth in the name of Jesus Christ. He said, it is he that gives you power to get wealth, to get wealth. You can't get wealthy. You can get wealth. You can walk with God so closely, advancing and obeying His word, and then before you realize, you have become a wealthy person. It is He that gives the power to get wealth. Why? That He may establish His covenant. Now, with, uh, which is swore. Look at that. Which is swore to your fathers as it is this day. And the fathers over there, He was referring to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Those were the patriarchs of the children of Israel. Those were the ones that the covenant promise was given. In fact, more specifically, God cut a covenant with Abraham. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter number 12 that God appeared on to Abraham and said that leave your father's house, leave your the house, leave uh, the, the country, your native country where your brothers are, and go to a 
land that I have placed, that I have prepared for you. And the Lord began to speak to him and told him that he was going to bless him and out of his family or his children shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. By the time we get to the verse number three, he said that he was going to bless him and was going to make him a blessing. So Abraham was so was, was called to be blessed. There was a blessing that was placed upon his life. Now, God wanting to confirm that, confirm the promise, confirm the blessing that he had given to Abraham, entered into a binding agreement. And that binding agreement is a covenant. It's a covenant. God bound himself to what he has said. So in Genesis chapter 17, you start from the verse number 1. The Bible says, Abraham was 90 years old, 99 years old. The Lord appeared to him and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Oh, El Shaddai, El Shaddai, the large, many-breasted one. Walk before me and be thou perfect. He said, and I will make, look at that, my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. I will make my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. Immediately you realize that it's a covenant of abundance. And he said, Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abraham, but thy name shall be Abraham. May God change any name that is limiting your destiny. Tonight, may I say, may God change any negative name that is upon your life in the name of Jesus Christ. God knew that the limitation to Abraham in certain dimensions of his prosperity was his name. And so in the covenant, God changed his name. I pray whatever is a barrier that has been placed upon you as a result of your name, may that barrier be broken. He said, and your name shall no longer be Abraham, but the name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. And he said, I will make thee exceedingly fruitful, and I'll make nations of thee. And kings shall come out of you. He said, I will establish my covenant between me and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant. How long is the covenant supposed to last? Everlasting covenant. Look at that. He could have said that, oh, a covenant just with you, Abraham. When Abraham, you die, then the covenant comes to an end. But he said that this one is an everlasting covenant. So immediately he said that he connected not just Abraham to the covenant, but the seed of Abraham. The seed of Abraham here, uh, naturally you would have thought that he was talking about the children. The children that come out of Abraham. But I'll show you something very briefly. He said, and I'll give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the language that, that wherein thou art a stranger, my God. It, it tells me something over here. He said, I'll give you the land. That means that anywhere we go, we are in charge. Anywhere we go, we are in charge. He said, I will give you the land where you are a stranger. So it does not need to be Ghana. I said, it does not need to be Ghana. If you go to America, God will put you in charge over there. If you go to Somalia, God will put you in charge over there. If you go to United Kingdom, God will put you in charge over there. Receive that grace now. So it was on the premise of this promise that he told them that whichever land that you, the source of your fish shall tread upon, I shall give unto you. So with the seed of Abraham, you need to see it in two dimensions. There's a fiscal seed, which are the Jews. The Jews. So the Jews are, are able to possess whenever they are physically in a place. 
So they had a fiscal seed and the promise was manifesting in them in a fiscal manner. Glory to Jesus. He said, I'll give to thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession. My God, my God, my God. You see, when God is doing things in our lives, he doesn't want something that will start today and end tomorrow. Everlasting. Listen, after today, your financial advancement is not going to be up and down, up and down. It's going to be progressive, ever progressive, ever advancing in the name of Jesus Christ. Receive that grace upon your life. Yes, the Bible says that whatever God does is what? Forever. He has set eternity in our hearts. All that God does is forever. So when God does something in your life, He doesn't intend for the thing to end tomorrow. No. He wants it to be forever. If you are delivered, I declare you'll be delivered forever. If you are healed, I declare you are healed forever. If you are saved, I declare you are saved forever. If you are rich, I declare your riches are everlasting. For an everlasting possession, and I'll be their God. And God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore, and thy seed after thee in their generations. I needed to read to the verse number nine for us to understand that the promise and the blessing was not, and the covenant was not just made to Abraham, but it is to his seed. To his seed. That means that the blessing, the blessing of Abraham is what made Abraham prosperous. Wealth is part of the blessing of Abraham. You know, some people say that, oh, the blessing of Abraham is the Holy Spirit. Not entirely so. The presence of God is part of the blessing. The presence of God, which is the Holy Spirit, is part of the blessing. But the blessing of Abraham and captures a whole lot more. It talks about divine protection. It talks about fruitfulness. It talks about financial increase and abundance. And it talks about the presence of God being with them. He said, I will be to them a God. I will be their God. So that is the presence of God. But then the blessing uh, covers a whole lot more. Another day I will talk about that. Some of the covenant provisions that God makes available for us. But one of the things I need you to understand over here. That that covenant that God gave unto Abraham. Which was the, 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 the foundation of the blessing. Was a covenant that number one is an everlasting covenant. Number two is a covenant that introduced blessing into the life of Abraham and Abraham. And number three, it was also a covenant that was uh, progressive not just in the life of Abraham but in, the, in his seed. The seed that was supposed to follow after him. The seed that was to follow after him. So the blessing of Abraham came upon both the Jews and the Gentiles in Christ. So initially the physical seed of Abraham was Isaac. Through Isaac, Jacob came and then Israel. So Israel were, 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 uh, represented the seed of Abraham, the physical seed. And so all the blessings that God told Abraham, they were manifested in them wherever they went. He said, In blessing, I'll bless you, multiply, I'll multiply you. You see it happening in the life of the children of Israel. He said that he that blesses you shall be blessed, they that curse you shall be cursed. Anyone who attacked the children of Israel, God made a spectacle of them. So they were the Physical seed and physically, wherever they went, the God caused them to prosper. God caused them to increase. God caused them to be in charge. But in Christ Jesus, the Bible tells us that we also, the, the Gentiles were also now drafted in. So Jesus came to break the middle wall partition that separated Jews from Gentiles. Maybe for, for sake of clarity, Jews are talking about the Israelites, the children of Abraham, the physical seed of Abraham. So the physical Israelites, those who are of Hebrew lineage. But Gentiles are talking about anybody who is not a Jew. 
So you and I over here with our black skin, we are Jews. Our African, uh, sorry, our, we are Gentiles. Our African descent makes us Gentiles. So initially, we're not part of the commonwealth of the blessings of God. The covenant that God cast with Abraham, he made Abraham and his seed a special people, a unique people, a people unto himself. He called them his firstborn. When you touch them, he touches you. When you try them, he, he destroys you. Look at when they try to destroy Daniel. Uh, uh, Daniel, the Bible tells us that the, the statesmen that rose up against Daniel, God destroyed them all. Look at what in the book of Esther, when was it, uh, what was his name? Haman rose up against the children of Israel. God destroyed him and his family. So you see it everywhere throughout scripture and throughout history. Anybody that lives up to now, up to now, as we are talking about fiscal Israel, God still protects them because they are the fiscal seed of Abraham. And God will continue protecting them. Why? It's an everlasting covenant. It's an everlasting covenant. There's no Palestinian nation and there's no nation on the face of the earth that can rise up against Israel and win perpetually. No, they will become a spectacle. Why do you think the United States aligns and allies with, uh, with uh, Israel? Not because they love them, but they have observed. They have observed through their intelligence uh, agencies that there's something unique about Israel. There's something unique about Israel. And so God empowers them. Now, it's, it's, it's on record that a great percentage, more than 20 to 30% of the world's wealth and prosperity is controlled by Jews. Out of the hundreds of human tribes and human groups, people groups that are on the earth, one particular group of people who are not even up to a, a, a quarter or are not even up to a te- uh, 1% of the human population on this earth, they control the wealth of the nations. You, it comes to the era of technology. They come out with amazing technology that beats the, the world's understanding. In their desert place, Israel is primarily a desert, and yet they are advancing agriculture so much that they are able to send uh, export food to other countries. When there is no rain, they have started creating their own rain. Ways by which they are able to water their crops, and they are exercising dominion across the nations. They are coming out with weapons, uh, state-of-the-art weapons and equip- we- weapons of war that the world is still struggling to understand. Why? God said, I'll be with them. I'll be with them. I'll be with them. Now, in Christ Jesus, you are also a part of that covenant. So that blessing is yours as well. I said that blessing is yours as well. Let's take a quick read from the book of Galatians, chapter number 3. I'm reading from the verse number 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So, he became a curse. He, he, he fulfilled the law. The law became one of the major barriers between the Jews and the Gentiles. So, Jesus, wanting to put aside the law, became a curse. And he fulfilled the fullness of the law. Carried the full punishment that the law could ever give. And then, by doing that, he set the law aside. Making it obsolete. And said, now, the relationship that God had with Abraham, that became ratified by the law. Now, the law is being put aside. But the relationship is still there. 
And now I'm bringing a new breed of people to be a part of it. And this breed of people are the Gentiles. So the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles who believe in Jesus Christ. That they might receive the promise of the Spirit. The same promise that God gave to Abraham. That I will be with you and I will multiply you. He said, in blessing I will bless you. In multiplying I will multiply you. In increase I will increase you. When people rise against you, I will rise against them. Those that curse you, I will curse. Those that bless you, I will bless. I will protect you. All of those things now have become a, uh, have become uh, part have become part of us. We have possessed them now because now we too have become the seed of Abraham by believing in Jesus Christ. So if you are Christian, you have become a spiritual Jew. You have become a spiritual Jew, and every blessing that the fiscal Jews, the children of Abraham, are enjoying, you are entitled to that. So receive it now in the name of Jesus Christ. That means that financial prosperity is your portion by rights. Write this down. Financial prosperity being a function or a product of the blessing of Abraham is your portion by rights. By reason of birthright. So you have access to financial prosperity because you are the seed of Abraham. Let me continue that scripture so we will get catch some further clarity. Verse 15 says that, Brethren, I speak after the man of men, though it be a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or added thereto. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. Listen to this. He said not, and to seed as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. So, someone would have thought that the seed of Abraham would have been Isaac. But here by revelation, he's letting us know that when the Lord said, I'm going to cast that covenant with you, Abraham, and your seed, what God was referring to was not to Abraham's seed in Isaac. Other than that, what about the other children of Abraham? And if it had been so, it would have been to seeds. And then the Israelites, look at the number of them. So it would have been to seeds. That's what he was trying to let us understand over here. So he wasn't talking about a plurality. That meant that there was a revelation in him using the singular word seed. He could have said that this covenant would have been to you and your seeds or your children that are coming after you. But God used a singular word. Why? Because he was referring to Christ. He said the seed of God, the seed of Abraham is Christ. Hallelujah. So Christ was the seed of Abraham. Christ was the seed of Abraham. That meant that what God was speaking to Abraham in Genesis, he was not just speaking to Abraham, he was speaking to Christ. And anyone that has Christ, anyone that has entered into Christ, the same blessing that God gave Abraham, that blessing is upon you. That blessing becomes your portion. Praise God forevermore. And verse 17 says, And this I say, that a covenant which was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul it. Cannot disannul it. So, the reason he's making this explanation is, is because people say that, oh, if the law is gone, then it means that the covenant is gone. So, he's making an explanation that the covenant came before the law. For 30 years later, after God spoke to Abraham, that's when the law came. So it meant that the law was not originally part, was not originally supposed to be a part of the relationship of God with his children. So the law, if you read further down, was just a schoolmaster to lead them to Christ, to lead them to the one who is supposed to be the seed. 
glory to Jesus Christ, to lead the Jews to Jesus Christ, who is the actual seed of Abraham. When they meet Jesus Christ, the Lord has finished his work. Because the Lord was just supposed to be a guide. Was supposed to give direction, lead to the one that is truly the truth. The one who is the very purpose of the existence. The one who is supposed to be the, the continuation of the, of, the, of the covenants in Christ. So Jesus came and he said that this is the New Testament in my blood. This is the new covenant in my blood. Because that promise that was made to Abraham now, it was not just made to Abraham. The reference was to Abraham and his seed. Now my time has come. My time has come for the continuation of the blessing of Abraham that God spoke to him so many years ago. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. So there is a blessing that is working. There's a blessing that is working. And that blessing is the foundation of any Christian's financial prosperity. When you begin to understand that blessing and understand that covenant, you are good to go. You are good to go. You are good to go. It is important that we understand this so that we know how to access what belongs to us. Many Christians don't take this thing seriously. And so, their blessing is up and down. They are not able to lay claims on that which is rightfully theirs. They are not able to access the blessing that is ours. They don't understand our spiritual heritage. They see themselves only as fiscal people who come to church. Religious Christianity. So they just come to church and then they write their names as Christians. But as a Christian, it goes beyond just to identify with a religion. In fact, Christianity is not a religion. It's far, far beyond a religion. It's a relationship. It's the work of God in a man. It's divinity at work in humanity. And by that making humanity divinity. Christianity is a transfer of God's life into humanity so that man can carry the life of God. A man can carry the life of God. It's a mystery of ages, a mystery that is difficult to understand, but it is a truth that God wants us to grasp. And if we can grasp it today and we can function in it, we will never ever be defeated in life. I pray that that grace will come upon you tonight. I said, I pray that grace will come upon you tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. Glory to Jesus. So, the blessing came upon the Jews and then the Gentiles. The Jews and then the Gentiles. So now, we have come into that relationship with God. Galatians 3.29 says that if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. And as according to the promise. As according to the promise. Listen to me. The kind of prosperity that the Jews... Now the Jews are a superpower nation. A superpower nation. A superpower nation. That same prosperity is your portion tonight. I said that same blessing is your portion tonight. I said that same blessing is your portion tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. The son of the living God. Praise God forevermore. So I told you. The Jews were the fiscal seed. Now we are in Christ. Are no longer a, a fiscal seed. We are now a spiritual seed. So we don't even need to be at a place fiscally to possess. No, because spirit does not follow the laws of fiscal, the fiscal realm. The fiscal realm is defined by the laws of physics, the laws of chemistry, the laws of humanity. But the spiritual laws are above the fiscal laws. The blessings that come to us are spiritual blessings now. So when God spoke to Abraham, he said, Ah, this by this blessing, this land that you are on, this fiscal land will be your possession forever. But ours is not just a fiscal land. Ours, he made us possessors of the entire earth. Why? Because our promise did not come by fiscal heritage. 
The fiscal heritage gave the Jews access to the fiscal blessings. So in God's blessing, that's why at the end of the day, they still went back to the, uh, the, 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 the Palestinian region. Because that was the fiscal land that God had given to them. So Israel had that land by reason of promise from God. And no matter what any nation and any organization does, Israel will possess that land because that is what God has defined from the days of Abraham. But you see, Abraham was not just a physical uh, representation of somebody that was working with God. The Bible tells us, oh my God, Abraham was a mystery. He said, what shall we say that our father Abraham has discovered? The man, when God spoke to him, he did not just see uh, something physical. The Bible tells us in the book of Genesis, chapter number 13, when after they were growing so prosperous, there was conflict between the servants of Abraham and the servants of his nephew, uh, uh, Lot. They divided. In fact, before they were divided, Lot lifted up his eyes and he saw the land, the, the Jordan, the water. He saw the place was green and lush. He said, ah, I, I, can you imagine a young man, a young boy, who is being blessed because of your uncle? If he, if he was a very smart guy, he would have said, oh, uncle, you choose first. Or you choose for me, whatever you say, I'll do. Because the blessing you enjoyed was, is not yours. The blessing you enjoyed is not yours. It is by reason of association. Yesterday, uh, one brother came to tell me something that was very startling. He used to do some work for a certain man uh, and help the man set up a number of businesses across the country. One in Accra, uh, uh, one in Kumasi, one in Gosu, uh, or so. And uh, he, so the man was a, a rich man, and he was establishing businesses all over the place. So somewhere earlier this year, they got into an altercation, and so the man insulted him very well, dressed him from head to toe, made him feel useless, and then he part of the company. The man told him he was useless, lazy, he should get out of his face, he should never get in touch with him again. And the man is a, is a, is a citizen of Wakamas Nation. <laughs> Fast forward. Recently, the man called him, and the man said, come and see me in my office in Accra, my Accra office. When he got there, the man said, what do you do in church? He said, oh, I, I, we do discuss business. We don't discuss what I do in church. What? He said, oh, you just please answer the question. Do you preach? Are you a pastor in the church? He said, ah, Mr. So-and-so, why, what are, why, why these questions today? He said, I don't know. After that thing that happened to me, the business I do, I don't do it just ordinarily. I do things. So I go and consult. All the machines in the company, they have all gone, all the printers, all the computers, one week from Accra to Kumasi to Gosu, all of them have gotten damaged. And when I went to do my inquiry, he said I have offended somebody. And when I look in my mind, you are the only person I have offended. So I beg. The man went on his knees and started begging him. said, forgive me. Forgive me and pray for me again. Pray for me again. You see, the blessing is no physical Sometimes we look ordinary, but we are not ordinary. We are carriers of something. The man, a rich man, who has staff in workers who are working for him, he went on his knees and started begging. I say, me create me. Sana, so the way people are looking at you and they say that, oh, you are useless and they don't know what to carry. But you know the unfortunate thing, you too, you don't know what to carry. And because you don't know what to carry, you function as a mere man. We have not learned to understand that, that we are carriers of the blessing. So we are not the physical seed. We are the spiritual seed. Lift up your right hand. Say I'm the seed of Abraham. 
That means that Abraham's blessings are mine. The blessings that made Abraham a force to reckon with. By the time Abraham had gotten to Genesis chapter 13 verse 2, the Bible said Abraham was rich in silver and gold and he had a lot of cattle, a lot of stuff. The man had become wealthy. Why? Because of the blessing that was pronounced upon him in Genesis chapter number 12. People don't understand the power of spoken words. When words are spoken over you, blessed words, words that carry potency and power, they can change your situation. If you are looking for anything in life, don't look for material things. Look for a blessing. Look for a spiritual heritage. Look at the children of Israel. Even just them, with that blessing that was spoken upon them, no matter, you cannot totally destroy them. There will always be a remnant. Why? Because the blessing. Has been spoken. It was spoken over 6,000 years, uh, yeah, somewhere about 4,000 to 5,000 years ago, and it's still working. It is still working. The power of the blessing. Why do I know that God has a plan of financial prosperity for you? It is because you are the seed of Abraham. Today, one of my first emphasis uh, tonight is to ingrain in you and cause you to come to the place of awareness and consciousness that you are the seed of Abraham. Say, I am the seed of Abraham because I am in Christ. Galatians 3.29. Keep it in your mind. Don't forget the scripture. These are the scriptures that form the foundation of your faith. When we forget, we begin to lose our manifestation. Many Christians don't even, some of us don't even meditate on simple scriptures like John 3.16. But you see, the scriptures that you become aware of, they form your manifestation. Philemon chapter 1 verse 6. He said that, that the communication of your faith the fellowship of your faith shall become what? Effectual. Effectual means it will produce results. It means that there will be evidence of it. That you are Christian. What is the evidence that you are Christian? That you have the Holy Ghost in you. What is the evidence that you have the Holy Ghost in you? That you have an anointing upon your life. What is the evidence that you have an anointing upon your life? He said that it shall become effectual. How? By acknowledging, becoming aware, epignosis, letting that knowledge enter into you, that you live in the expression of it, of every good thing that is in you, is it in your, in your mother's name or your father's name? Aware. In Christ Jesus, when you can become aware, acknowledging, I'm not ordinary, I'm not ordinary, I'm not ordinary, I'm the seed of Abraham, Abraham's blessings are mine, the promises that were made to Abraham are mine. Listen to me, hey, you are not saying it to excite yourself, now, when I was preparing today in prayer, uh, a question came to mind to ask you. If on Sunday morning, or even today, I came to tell you that I'm here to apologize to all of you, that everything that I've been teaching you about uh, covenant prosperity is a scam. I'm just lying to you so that you'll be bringing me seeds and prophets, offerings and all of that. I come and tell you that it's a scam. Uh, that this titan thing all is a scam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what, what do you say? You slap me. Uh, you see, that is where his problem started. Who else would do, who else beat me? Because now you be calculating. Hey! Is it gonna Pastor, let me just let me just do a quick a social. What, what will you do? You don't know what you'll do. 
Hmm? So, what will you do? Can you, can you get a microphone? Let, let's do a social experiment. <laughs> uh, microphone. Yeah. Okay, so for me, if you come back apologizing, I, I, I would say that, okay, maybe you are falling from the grace because <laughs> I have tested and I've realized that it's true. <laughs> No, no, that is it. If I come and tell you that it's a lie, and you believe me it's a lie, then you never believed it in the first place. You believed in me. You didn't believe in the word. You didn't believe in the word. So you are believing me. I see, it is not my word. It is not my word. I, I don't, Henry, do you understand me? So if I come and tell you that this thing about Titan is has come, and you say, ah, you have deceived me. You have deceived me. Then it means that you never believed the word in the first place. You are believing me. And I'm not God. I'm not the one who is the source of the word. Now you see why some people's miracles are not manifesting. Why the word is not working for them. Because they are taking it as the word of a man. They are not taking it as the word of God. So, you, that's why you need to understand this for yourself. So I am the seed of Abraham. I am the seed of Abraham. Abraham's blessings are mine. Why? The word has said so. The word has said so. The word has said so. The word has spoken it. So it becomes yours. Brother, do you understand me? Now it becomes something that you can even preach and teach. Not because it is what was taught in your church, but now you have tested, tried, and seen that the word is true. You have studied it for yourself. You have come to the place where the word has become yours. And so the revelation is now a personal revelation. And so it works for you. You can work it. He said, we have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes have seen. You have come to the place where the thing is real to you. He said, of the word of life, we heard, we saw, we looked upon. We have handled of the word of life. Many Christians have heard the word of life. They have probably seen, but they have not looked upon. They have not looked upon. They have not gone to a place where now they go deeper into the word. And so because of that, they miss the handling phase. The handling phase. When do you handle the word? Now you are able to use the word for your own benefits. You are able to manipulate the word and use it for your, for your glory, for your advantage, for your blessedness. I told you that it's been, I don't remember the last time I prayed about money. Why? Because I have seen the revelation about money. I've seen the revelation about money. So what do I do? I take the necessary steps. What am I doing? I'm handling the word. I'm handling the word. I'm handling the word. There are other things I cannot tell you because if I tell you, some of you are afraid to break. Even this small experiment, I did look at the way somebody's heart. And you see, you were the one who spoke, but the rest did not, had slapped me already in their mind. As for somebody else, um, let me cry. Let me cry. See, maybe I mean, 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 I Hallelujah. I hope that nobody has even sent on the blog post right now. Maybe I'll be crying, I'll send the next blogger. Eh? Oh, what are the names? 
pastor confesses that tithing has come. Hey, tomorrow by this time. Glory to Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. So you need to have it, that understand, understanding for yourself. It must become real to you. Believe it and know. Believe it and know. So we are the seed of Abraham. We don't need to be at a place physically. We just speak. We just speak. And our words travel all across the world. All across the world. That's why I know that somebody, some Canadian dollars are locating you. Some UK pounds are locating you. Why? Because you can call them. You can speak the blessing. You can spread the blessing everywhere. You can spread it. See, I'm spreading everywhere. Isn't it? <laughs> now, I, 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 don't, I don't have to travel to UK because uh, UK blessings are coming to me. I don't have to travel to Canada for Canadian blessings. Are, if uh, I have a daughter in Russia and then she's sending me your friends, it's not, it's not Russian <laughs> blessings that are coming to me. I, I, and I, I have sons in U- Canada. And uh, they are blessing me. So I'm not even there. But because of the blessing, oh, I wish somebody would understand this. When God told Abraham, after Lot left, that lift up your eyes and look to the north, to the south, to the east, to the west. Unlike Lot who saw the physical, the Bible tells that Abraham saw into the spiritual. When God said, I will take you to a land, he did not just see a physical land. The Bible said he began to look for a city whose builder, a maker is God. And so the Bible says, by that faith, he became an heir of the world, an heir of the earth. Why? Because when God told him to look to the north, to the south, to the east, to the west, he saw to the ends of the earth and said, ah, then the earth is mine. So Abraham became a possessor of the earth. He became the possessor of the earth. While God is the possessor of the heavens and earth, Abraham became the possessor of the earth. So the seed of Abraham are the possessors of the earth. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 21, he says that all things are what? Yours. All things. Why? Because we are the seed of Abraham. And what Abraham possessed by faith, by faith, is accessible to us. He did not possess it by the law. He possessed it by faith. So that we too, if we can possess it by faith, we can have access to it. I pray that God will, will give us revelation. I know tonight, uh, some of my message will just be for a few people, but you will understand as you go. Go back and go and listen to the message again. Amen and amen. So, we carry that spiritual blessing. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And remember that blessing is a product of the covenant. It's a product of the covenant. 1 Corinthians 3, 21-22. Therefore let no man glory men for what? All things are yours. Can you believe all things are yours? The airplane that you saw flying above, do you believe it is yours? The car that you search, do you believe it is yours? Do you believe? No, no, no. Take your time, and that's how people have been saying, yes, 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 yes. And they died, and even the throat rock carried their bodies to the cemetery. <laughs> amen and amen. <laughs> okay, maybe I have not seen a throat rock carry their bodies to the cemetery yet. Amen. Hallelujah. But all things are yours. Can you believe that you have a share? Is it the children of Israel had a share in the Palestinian land? Physical land, locate that one place. But in Abraham, we possess all things as children of God, Christians. And so everything that is in the earth, can I, let me show you something. When God told Abraham, let's quickly look, uh, Genesis chapter 13. Genesis chapter 13. 
Let's read from the verse number 6. If you may. Genesis chapter 13. Alright. And the land was not able to bear them that they might dwell together. For their substance was great. And may God make your substance great. You know what that means? That means that when we come now, the car park will be too small for us. Because as you pack, some of you will be, be packed. Yours will be tundra. Eh? We've made a car park for salon car park. You bring tundra, so it will be too small for us. Amen. So we have to go and what, buy it. In fact, all these places, we bought them already. All the lands around. Some, this is how we are using our car park. Car park and all their rooms. Yeah, car park. Which, <laughs> which room are you parking in? <laughs> which room are you parking in? Charlie, better choose a parking space. So. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. We are taking over the land. We are possessing the nations. I said we are possessing the nations. Now, so their substance was great. So that they could not dwell together. Let's continue. <laughs> so verse 7. And there was a strife between the headmen of Abraham, Scuttle, and the headmen of Lot. Let's continue. Uh-huh. And Abraham said unto him, Lot, let there not be strife, I pray thee, between me and you. Because we are brethren. Let's continue. If it's not the whole land before you, separate yourself, I pray you, from me. If you take the left, I'll go to the right. If you take the right, I'll go to the left. That Abraham was a humble man. Let me see. He who is a senior. Look at the way he's talking to the junior. Look at the way he's talking to the junior. So if you, if you go to the left. But that also tells you that he was a man of faith. Because you knew that his prosperity did not depend on the left or the right. Anywhere he goes, he'll prosper. Hush. It, was, it does not depend on whether to the left or the right. Hey, Makata Nothing can limit me. My location does not limit me. My academic certificate does not limit me. All things are mine. All things are mine. Ooh, glory. Habalabashataya. I see prosperity locating me. I see increase coming to me from all directions. I'm favored. I'm the favored of the Lord. I'm the favored of the Lord. The nations of the earth favor me. Men and women all over the world, they favor me. My name is appearing in high places for a blessing in the name of Jesus Christ. Even strangers, they favor me. I'm not limited. My skin color is no limitation. Rabba Shantalabhas. Glory to Jesus Christ. Ooh. You know, that's how you should do it. When you are really having your quiet time and you hit a point, don't, don't continue. Just begin to make declarations and soak it in. Soak it in when you're having your quiet time. Because that is a rima. For me, I just caught a rima. I don't know about you. So you don't rush through your quiet time. When you hit some of those points, the anointing comes from you. begin to make declarations. It's amazing you the kind of testimony I'll come with. Because I've just made these few declarations. What are you talking about? Let's quickly go through this. Yeah? Verse 10. Uh-huh. So Lot lifted up his eyes, and he beheld all the plain of where Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as it was so, before Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed, the whole place that he saw, it was like the garden of the Lord, the garden of Eden. It looked so nice. He looked at it like the land of Egypt. As thou comest to a zoar. All those places. They were comparing them to beautiful places. Let's continue. And Lord chose him all the plain of Jordan. And he chose all. He's like, I'm a bad guy. Oh, let me take half of it. And then you also say, because that place looks nice. It's, see, if you are not, if, and tonight, if I don't get there, let me tell you. If you are a, a very stingy person and you don't like sharing things, you are going to be poor. 
The one who is sharing, the one who distributes, he will take over your lot. He will take over your lot. If you are a stingy person, every time you are thinking about only yourself, only you and your family. That's one of the things that even destroys marriages. Oh, as soon as the woman marries the man, now the man shouldn't help the family anymore. The man is no longer, it's more, you know, uh, we are more, now we are, you are, you and me, we have started a new family. Is he and your father, Omar Bomubri, and our children, they, you are a wicked person. You are carried a lot, your destiny is like lots. And there will be then I, the arm robbers come and catch you and carry you away. <laughs> amen and amen. Amen and amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm just preparing somebody for marriage. Next year, by this time, you'll be flashing your golden ring. Oh, who wants a diamond ring? Receive it. Please, the marriage is not in the ring. Please don't miss receiving it. Wait for me to say happy family and then you shout, I receive that. Oh, diamond, I receive it. Oh. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. People are putting pressure on my people. Please don't worry, Master. When you're under again, I'm going to ring this. Five years' time, you're going to be sure. I'm going to diamond. Amen and amen. So let's please give me back the scripture now. Diamond ring, I have a message, you know. I said, for me, I wanted to diamond ring. I said, I Give a clap of ring to Jesus. All right. So, Lot chose the best of the land and he took it all for himself. Let's continue. And Abraham dwelled in the land of Canaan and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and he paid his time. Now, let's continue. But the men of Sodom are going, let's continue. Let's continue. We've got of time. And the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot was separated from him, lift up now your eyes and look from the place where thou art, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. Now, is that not all the directions? Does that also not mean that the one that Lord chose is part of it? When the Bible says that all things are yours, even the one that has another person's name, you have a share in it. You have a share in it. That's what I, the, the revelation I wanted to show you from here. All things are yours. Say all things are mine. Say all things are mine. Say all things are mine. All those of you are now looking at my garments and my shoes. I beg you, leave my room for me. Go and look for somebody else. And Grandpa said, <laughs> the way some people's eyes are coming up to me. I beg. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. I heard that one man said that he doesn't like giving uh, properties to Christians. When they come, they start possessing, possessing. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Yeah, let's, let's finish this quickly. So all things are ours. Why? Because our blessing is a spiritual blessing. We are the spiritual seed of Abraham. And out of that seed, is it that whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours. I'll give some of you an assignment. Go and meditate on this. Whether life or death, things present, things to come. <laughs> it means that if a new government comes into power, they still belong to you. All things are yours. All things are yours. Covenant wealth. It is a covenant of wealth and abundance. Let me, now I, I, I want to do within the next 20 minutes that I'm going to, I, all I've been doing is introduction. <laughs> introduction. 
so that we will get there. Is if you don't, the, the problem is sometimes we build the the, the 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 roofing and then the foundations are not there, so people don't see the blessing. But I want to change that. I want to change that. Glory to Jesus. So I'll just give you the foundation, so you know where the blessing is coming from. And so covenant wealth is coming from this background that we are talking about. Are you understanding me? Now, that covenant is a covenant of wealth and prosperity and abundance. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18, we've already read that. Genesis 17 verse 2, he said that, and I'll multiply you exceedingly. We've already read that. Now, Isaiah chapter 65, oh God, when you read it over there, the goodies are over there. And there shall be no more than an infant of days, nor an old man. Isaiah, sorry, Isaiah 65, verse 20 to 24. Nor an old man that is not filled in his days. Now, these are the blessings that are coming with this covenant. He said that, for the child shall die a hundred years old. Long life is part of that covenant. But, uh, but the sinner being a hundred years, Old shall be cursed. <laughs> Let's continue. When you are, when we, when we are, when we are je- feeling jealous of unbelievers, be careful. No more shall an. Inf- Let's continue the next verse, please. And they shall build. Look at this. They shall build houses. Say, I receive it. They shall build houses and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and eat them, eat their fruit. Say, I receive it. They will start businesses and they will enjoy from the business. That's why he's telling them. Let's continue. No, this, I, as I read this, receive it quickly. Verse 22. He said, they shall not build and another will inhabit. No. They shall not plant and another will eat. No. For as the days of a tree, so shall the days of my people be. And my elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. Receive that grace now. 23. Quickly. Oh, and they shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth children for trouble. Oh, my God. Meaning our children will not be stubborn children. For they shall be the descendants of the blessed of the Lord, and their offspring with them. Somebody shout, I receive it. So the prosperity covenant, or the covenant, is a covenant of wealth and abundance. And it it is a consistent one that can be trusted. It's an everlasting one. When we talk about wealth, there are different ways, many ways by which people can get wealth. You can get wealth as a result of hard work, but it is not reliable. The Bible tells us in the book of Luke chapter number 12, verse 13 to 21, Jesus gave a story about a rich fool. The man after he had worked and built a lot of things, uh, he built barns. He was a rich man. He said, ah, let my soul rest uh, and enjoy in the labor of your hands. God said, thou fool, today your soul will be required of thee. The man got well, but he could not enjoy it. He could not enjoy it. You're going to enjoy it. Let your wealth and your prosperity be connected to the covenant. There are other ways you can get wealth. Crooked ways. Crooked ways. Jeremiah 17 verse 11. He said, The patriarch sitteth on eggs and hatcheth them not. So he that getteth riches and not by right shall leave them in the midst of his days and his end shall be a fool. His end shall be what? A fool. Anybody who gets money by stealing, this is your, this is your prophecy. This is your prophecy. Maybe you use prostitution to get money. This is your prophecy. 
The other time I was listening to a, a certain uh, uh, account, one lady was talking about one beautiful girl who was so beautiful and because of poverty, I think they had managed to travel outside the country and the mother started pushing the daughter that, hey, go and hang out with this guy. He's a young, small girl, but she had the vital statistics like something. Somebody has gone to do operations. Uh, and so the girl eventually started listening to the mother. There was no no single time that she spent two days consistently in the house. Every day with this car, with this man, moving here, there, moving here, there, moving here, there. After some time, nobody was seeing her. When they went to look for her, she had been lying in a room for six months, sick and diseased. Diseased. Passing out certain substances. Nobody knows what is wrong with her. She had the, the, the beautiful girl who, who could charm many. Now her eyes were like that of an animal. Like that of an animal. You see, wealth that you don't riches that are not by rights. That are not by rights. He said that your end shall be that of a fool. You will die in the midst of your days. So don't steal for prosperity. Don't go and do sakawa for prosperity. Because you want to get money, get rich quick. And then you go and do certain things. Hey, be careful. Be careful. I'll get to that one. Wealth got by vanities. There's which person, which a very great rich person have you seen who got money out of Lotto? Huh? No, no, no. I just, just uh, no, no. Let's look around. Lasting. They'll get money, boom, at once. You see them with very looking very nice, and then after a short time, they disappear. They disappear. Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 11. Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished, but he that gathered by labor shall increase. Wealth by vanity shall diminish. So you need to get yourself connected to the covenant. I saw a powerful story that I want to read to you. Uh, there was there were some the nine most successful men in America in somewhere in 1923. They met at a place called Chicago, Illinois. Nine of the world's wealthiest and most successful men gathered for a meeting at the city's Edgewater Beach Hotel. Almost anyone in that day would have exchanged places with any of these well-known executives. They were powerful and they were rich. The world was their oyster. But, uh, so among the nine, it was said that they controlled the, the greater majority of the wealth of the entire United States of America. One of them was Charles Schwab, the president of the world's largest independent steel company. Oh, another was uh, Richard Whitney. Another was Arthur Cotton. These were all big names over there. They met and they had a good time and they made some powerful decisions. 25 years later, all but two of them were dead. All but two of them were dead. None had lived the easy life their tremendous resources seemed to promise. Charles Schwab, the president of the nation's largest independent steel company, lived on borrowed money the last five years of his life and he died bankrupt. Samuel Insull, the president of a giant utility company, died a penniless fugitive from, from justice in a foreign country. So he was running away. He ran, he ran away from his country, a fugitive, and he died penniless in a foreign land. Gas company executive Howard Hobson, he suffered from insanity. About them. Wheat speculator Arthur Cotton, he died destitute. Richard Whitney, President of the New York Stock Exchange. Those of you, how many of you know the New York Stock Exchange? That's where money, money zone, money zone. President of the, look at what happened. He was released from Sing Sing Prison. 
he was he a prisoner, uh, an ex-convict. Albert Ford, a member of the president's cabinet, he was pardoned from prison so he could die at home. <laughs> Wall Street's greatest bear, Jesse Livermore, he committed suicide, as did Ivan Kruger, the head of great monopoly. Bank president Lynn Fraser also took his own life. Three of them committed suicide. Listen to me. Don't be there jealous in the, the, the wicked. Oh. Get your prosperity. There's a covenant way of prosperity. There's a covenant way of prosperity. Proverbs chapter 10, verse number 22. Proverbs 10, 22. The Bible says, The blessing of the Lord make it rich. There is a blessing from God that can cause you to be rich. You want to be rich and wealthy. God wants you to do it his way. There's a human way of doing things, a natural way of doing things, and there's a God covenant way of doing things. That one is connected to the covenant. It's connected to the covenant. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18, it is he that given the power to get wealth. Our, we are a part of a kingdom. We are from Zion, and every country has a plan on how they can prosper their country. When did they read the, the, the budget, whatever? The budget. Do you know the purpose of reading the budget? Huh? It is supposed to be plans and policies that will ensure that the people of the nation uh, enjoy life or they, they have a, a good financial future. <laughs> but you and I, we are witnesses thereof. After they did not read this same budget, whatever. Huh? And look at now. Dollar. Where is it now? We don't even know where it is. It is flying around just like that. Last year. Uh, we, were, we were honoring our father, Reverend Mempa, on his birthday. And all the sons were asked to uh, give $100 so that we used to buy, uh, give him a cash gift. Last year, I needed to change 600 Ghana cities to get $100. Today, if I'm uh, in giving him $100, thank God I had him dollar. He didn't have to go and change cities. <laughs> amen and amen. But now, this year, it's about 1,500 Ghana cities. The economy is stable and solid. We are doing very, very well. <laughs> oh, but can't you feel it? It's air conditioned everywhere. Even all the trucks have air conditioned. And some of you, when you are even walking on the streets, the street of Ghana was air conditioned. Air conditioned everywhere. My God. When you even go and buy jeans, there's Kelly coupon in your back pocket. <laughs> Things are going well. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. So, <laughs> somebody celebrate Jesus. As if I be yesterday. Mm. Yeah. So, God also has a way to, plan, uh, to prosper his children. There's a plan of the kingdom for us. And it's the covenant way. Listen, the man talking to you right now, I've tested and I've tried it and I realize that it works. You saw what a young lady said. She said that, ah, I'm falling from grace. Your head. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Why? She has tried it and it has worked for her. So, even now, I was teaching her. Now, she will, if I say that's the way, she will know that I'm lying. Why? Because she has, she has practiced it and it has worked for her. It has worked for her. You know, I heard, I've heard our preachers, when I came to tell they have they are members of Titan is not this, Titan is not this. And the entire church believed them. And they rather are telling us that we are teaching our members to believe in the prophets. But they who have taught their church for 10 years, and now they, they backtracked and came to say that this thing is not true. And the whole church believed them. 
It means that the two church, they never really believed in the word of God. They were also only believing the word of their pastor. Amen. Maybe they are not talking about us. They are talking about them. Pray God. We are not part of them. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Are we, are we teaching anybody to believe in the, uh, uh, the pastor as a God? No. It's in the word of God. When we tell you to recognize your pastor, it's because the word of God says so. It's a believe in my prophets and you will prosper. Don't let anybody ever deceive you and confuse you. That ah, they, are, they want to take your money. They are, turning, they, they are taking the glory from God. God wanted to share his glory with us. That's why he called us. Are you understanding me? Are you understanding me? Glory to Jesus Christ. My son confused. Every night I'm releasing bomb. And I'm releasing bomb. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Look at the donkey that Jesus walked upon. When they put the cloth on the floor, did a donkey jump right and say, Hey, the glory is not from you. The glory is from Jesus. Hey, and then the donkey was. The donkey was walking majestically. When God honors you, walk majestically. Don't be shy. Don't apologize to anybody. It is God who has blessed you. When God bless you and you have a nice car, you have to, you want to drive a Bugatti. Drive the Bugatti. If you don't drive a Jaguar, if somebody says that the car looks like matches box, right? It doesn't own swimming talk. Drive your Jaguar. If God gives you money for a Land Cruiser, don't be shy. The other day, somebody came to see me and was saying that, oh, she wanted to buy a car, and now somebody's advising her that I was a young person, you know, so you go and get second-hand car. See, poverty mentality talking. Jealousy. I said, hey, madam, let me tell you something. <laughs> it is well, let me not say it. Praise the Lord. Sometimes what we call humility is just ignorance. It's ignorance. It's ignorance. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus Christ. There's another thought that came if I see it. I bet I can't be before him. I mean, I mean, so I'm preaching as well. Praise God. So, all of these ones, head of monopoly, president of New York Stock Exchange, they all ended up poorly. You cannot trust any wealth that does not come from God. You cannot trust any prosperity that does not come from God. Listen, in First Timothy chapter 6, you read from the verse 6 to 11. In fact, the whole chapter 6, you realize that Paul was teaching uh, uh, Timothy about prosperity. About prosperity. He said, about godliness with contentment is great gain. Brother, sister, if you have your 200 CDs and it is from God, enjoy it. Be happy. If you are happy and you follow the covenant, that 200 will increase. Don't go jealousing anybody and be, you know, the reason why some Christians feel like giving up is because they are looking at unbelievers. You don't know the end. You don't know the end. That's how anybody have stopped coming to church. And buy three months. into when they be he just came three months and he didn't say anything. Ah, me, I'm that tight. My mom, who is to be paid. To be paid. One be paid. I'm going to go to my money. I'm going to go to my money. I'm going to go to my money. 
<laughs> Is it? All those who are giving tithes and they give the tithes on the net and on the cross, you have stolen from God. He didn't give tithes. He gave dues. Please. <laughs> uh, oh, you don't believe me? <laughs> yeah, point. <laughs> yeah, point. <laughs> My point is here. I'll close very soon. Amen and amen. You are pointless. How much they say they are paying you? And they say, oh, yeah, this is the one that is coming to me. But the one that is going to, so you are paying government first. You are paying Smith first. You are paying G, GR or GRA. GRA first. All that money is in your name. It's part of your income. It's part of your income. So it's not a take home. <laughs> oh, see, he ended musical. <laughs> oh, he says, Reverend, can you teaching? Yeah, I'm teaching good. <laughs> I'm teaching good. I'm power deca. <laughs> you better go and correct. Oh, I'm serious. It's funny, but it is true. It's funny, but oh, I used to be like you. I was arguing. He said, "No, no, yeah, nets and gross." And then, at the point, I came to a conclusion: oh, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. It's according to your faith. <laughs> but God's calculator is more accurate than our calculator. Have you realized that sometimes when you are going to give, you have you know what you are giving is what you want to give. God's calculator is punching it. I got calculator No. Listen, whenever you are going to give your tithe, listen to your heart. Listen to your heart first. Listen to your heart. Listen to your heart. So me. And now I do, when I, I get I add some, I add some because maybe somebody bought rice for me or somebody brought me food. I would have used money to buy it. You understand? But it's also an income. It's a blessing. So maybe I I could not I did not add that to the tithe. And God too He does His calculation finching. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. He was the one to the title. He didn't say tithe, so He has calculated what tithe is. Glory to Jesus. So, live a godly and a content life. He said, we brought nothing into the world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Having food and remain, let us therefore be content. They that will be rich in, will be rich, fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hateful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which wild men coveted after. They have erred from the faith, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things. Flee these things. Flee these things. In fact, when you go down to um, uh, which verse? Verse 16 thereabout. You see him telling them uh, that he said, he said he should advise even the rich. Those who before they became born again, they had gained money already. He said, O you man of God, uh, who, 
verse 17 rather, verse 17. Say, oh, but you, oh, 17, 17, 17. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty. They shouldn't be proud. Not trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. Is it like the nine rich people that I spoke about? They were trusting in the uncertain riches. Look at that. Who ever thought that this successful man would have killed themselves? Suicide. Suicide. So don't trust in uncertain riches. Yes, you got your money before you became a Christian. But now, you have to change the laws that control your money. The rules that control your money. The power that controls your money. Let it now be connected to God. So he tells them that, but they should rather trust in the living God, which gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let's continue. How are they going to connect their riches? How can they show their trust in God? Let them do good. Let they, that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, willing to communicate. So it was in the distribution, in the sharing, that they, are, they, they connect their wealth to the covenant of God. Anybody who has money, God has given you a responsibility to share. To share. <laughs> my God, my God. Hallelujah. As hallelujah. Papa time now soon. my children. Am I not am I teaching you the word? It's in the Bible. He said that let not your trust be in uncertain riches. But to trust in the living God. How do you show the trust in the living God? He says that be ready to do good works. If you go to the next verse, you see the thoughts are still continuing. So that they may inherit eternal benefits. Eternal benefits. They must convert their natural wealth to spiritual wealth. To spiritual wealth. To spiritual wealth. How do you accept the covenants? Three things, quickly. Covenant prosperity. Three things. Number one, fear God and be born again to enter into the covenants. That's the beginning. If you are not born again, you have not started this covenants. So, fear God, be born again to enter. Number two, have absolute faith in the covenant. Let your heart be fixed. That's another area people have problems with. Their heart is not fixed. Their faith is not absolute. So they, they are just waiting after three months and you No, your heart was not fixed. Your heart must be established. And then number three, practice the covenant through giving. Sow seed sowing. Sowing and reaping seed time and harvest. Practice and engage the covenant. Quickly, let's look at the Psalm one one two. Psalm one one two. I'm reading from the verse number one. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that was feareth the Lord. And delighted greatly in his commandments. So the first principle is fulfilled over here. Verse 2. His seed shall be mighty upon earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. So you see the blessing. The covenant blessing has started. Look at verse 3. Wealth and what? Riches shall be in his house. And his righteousness endure forever. You see there are people who have riches but they don't have righteousness. But covenant wealth is riches together with what? Righteousness. What you do with your wealth buys righteousness into your wealth. And this righteousness endures forever. It is actually what gives your covenant, your wealth and your money staying power and ability to increase. 
ability to increase. Yesterday, I spoke about investments. I spoke about letting your money work for you. I told you all of those things are practical steps. But what actually protects your money is the covenant, the blessing of the Lord that protects it. Ah. I, I, I sent you some articles. Is it, the investment systems of this world, they are not working. They are not working. Now, I'm not saying that if you have an investment, go ahead and remove it. No, because that, that so, yeah, you chop it, it's also gone. <laughs> amen and amen. Hallelujah. But then, you need to understand that your trust is not in the investments. Your trust is not in the investment. Your trust should be in the covenant. My heart is fixed. I'm, I'm showing you. Listen, if you miss this time, 112, I, you should, I shouldn't have come to church. So, listen very carefully. He said that this man who fears the law, wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endure forever. How did he attain to this wealth and riches? He said, unto the upright, there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious, full of compassion, and is righteous. Why? A good man shows favor, and he lendeth, he gives. He will guide his affairs, his affairs in discretion. So, he's a lender, he's a giver. He's a giver. He's a giver. That is how you connect to the covenant. So first of all, he, he fears God. He fears God. He has entered that covenant. Now, we see the third rule over there. He's now a giver. He's now a giver. Look at what he says in the verse number 6. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He sh- Listen to the verse 7. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is what? Fixed. Trusting in the Lord. The point number two, you see it over here as well. His heart is fixed. The righteous man who is going to walk in wealth, covenant wealth and riches, his heart is fixed. Number one, he fears God. No. He fear God. Fear God. Tell somebody fear God. Tell somebody fear God. Tell the person beside you fear God. Look for the one behind you and tell the person, fear God. So, he feareth the Lord. Live a righteous life. Live uprightly. Now, somebody will follow a woman, and then come to church because of the woman. So, so, my ba, my ba, you think I come to deceive the pastor? God says, no, 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 no. You see, such a person, you are cutting short the number of your days. Fear the Lord. That is the beginning of covenant prosperity. It's not prosperity that just gives you money and then, no, no, no. It is a, a prosperity that is based on the fear of the Lord. He said his heart is fixed. His heart is established, verse 8. He shall not be afraid until he sees desire upon his enemies. Look at verse number 9. He has dispersed. He has given to the poor his righteousness and joy forever. His soul shall be exalted with honor. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. And the desire of the wicked shall perish. Listen to me. You need to be in Christ. Galatians 3, 29. That is the beginning. Psalm 108, verse 1. He said, my heart is fixed. That's what David said. You need to get to the place where you have absolute faith. Absolute faith. If you are tithing, do it because you believe absolutely. If you are giving your first fruit, do it because you believe absolutely. The covenant works. 
Look at, in that same time that those nine rich people were there flaunting their wealth, that was also the time that John D. Rockefeller, John D. Rockefeller, my God, this man's wealth was based on his titan. He said, if I had not tithed on my first $1.50, I would not have been able to tithe on my first $1 million. His mother taught him how to tithe. His mother taught him how to tithe. So his first salary that he came when he got when he left his, his, his mother's house was $1.50. And because his mother taught him to tithe, he tied on that. And now, when he tied, he started seeing the business, the, the work that was doing progress coming. So his mother was the one who was keeping His mother was his bank. One particular time, he got to the point where he had to tithe about $10. He said, ah, the church, what are they going to do with $10? I will not give it. The mother said, my son, you'll be in trouble. Surely, before the end of the month, he was already in debt. He was borrowing money from the mother. He said, I won't give you. I told you you'll be in trouble. So he went back to tithing. So he said, continue tithing all the way. Anytime their church is going to do a program, he will be the one who goes around getting people to raise funds, to raise funds to advance the church projects. He was a consistent tighter. Consistent tighter. Before long, he was not even up to 30 years. Then God pushed him into the oil business. Around the time when there was a great recession, everybody was closing their businesses. Those who had oil wells were not doing well. They were selling it and he was buying it. Before long, he had bought about 30 different oil consortiums. Ah! Then boom! All started appearing. The man became a, the first millionaire. Boom! Now, his, his wealth, his dead, but his money is still working. Up to now, if you put all the billionaires in the world together, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, what have you together, they cannot compare to the wealth of John D. Rockefeller now. He has set several foundations. Many of the researches that are going on in malaria, in HIVs, in farming, and what have you, they are being funded by John D. Rockefeller. Even Bill Gates, who's supposed to be one of the richest, at one time, world's richest man, he takes money from John D. Rockefeller's foundation. The man is dead by his righteousness. His wealth endures forever. His wealth endures forever. Look at the way he's sleeping. His wealth endures forever. 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 <laughs> amen and amen. Uh, hallelujah. His wealth, that's what? Endures forever. His wealth and yours was. Forward. You see, I know there are forever people. If I say forever, they will not understand me, so I have to help them. What do you think? Yes. I'm a very considerate man of God. Praise God forevermore. Praise, praise the Lord. John D. Rockefeller, one time he went to the hospital and he said, Ah, I think he was about 58 years of age or so. And it was, it, he said he had been, he was diagnosed with liver cancer. He said he had just a, a few uh, weeks, a few months to live. About, about six months to live or so. When he, when he went out of the hospital, he asked his accountant, all his billions of dollars, his millions of dollars, they should give him half. He cashed out packs of money. He started going building churches donating to orphanages, went around the world doing charity projects, charity projects. The man, by the time he came back, the liver cancer had disappeared. He died at 85 years of age. Covenant prosperity. Covenant prosperity. Listen, I don't have time tonight, but I'm just giving you the foundation. Practice the covenant, the covenant of giving, seed time and harvest. Your titan, titan is not a church doctrine, no. 
It is a personal revelation that, that guarantees your, your financial future. It's not a church doctrine. Oh, this is what the church teaches. No, it's a kingdom practice. It's a kingdom practice. If you miss it, you miss what the kingdom has to offer. Your titan. First fruits. First fruits. People think that, oh, it's because the church wants to get somebody's money. No, a thousand times no. It, they are principles embedded in the scriptures. Embedded in the scriptures. They are kingdom way of living. He said, honor the law with thy words. Substance and the first fruit of all that increase. All your income. The first fruit belongs to the Lord. Everything that God brings into your hands, which is going to be a consistent whatever, 10%. Everything that God puts into your hands, whether it is salary. So, you see, so your salary may not increase, but your income can increase. And God wants you not to live by your salary, but to live by income. Salary is fixed. Income is not fixed. So your salary can be 100 cities. But God can cost you to have 500 cities by the end of the month. Income. So you tight on your income. See time and harvest. Genesis chapter 8 verse 22. That scripture, it is like God is swearing. It's like God is swearing. Genesis 8 22. That as long as the heavens and the earth exist, these things will not pass. This covenant will not pass. While the earth reveals, are we still in the earth? Has, is the earth gone yet? So while the earth remains, seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. It shall not cease. So you are supposed to do it continually. Continually. And your tithe is supposed to be the first thing you take out of any money that God gives you. Not the second, not the third, not the last. The first thing. Anytime you are given, God is watching your giving. How are you giving it? So if you give it wrong, you have lost your money. Double loss. Because you lost the blessing and you lost the money as well. So, the first thing, your titan, your titan. Look at the prosperity of Job. Job chapter 1 verse 1 to 5. He said there was a man in the land of Uz. His name was Job and the man was perfect and upright. And the wonder feared the Lord. And there were born to him seven sons and three daughters. His substance was 7,000 sheep. 7,000 sheep. How much is one sheep now? Uh, how much is one sheep? I've been enjoying almost all the It's a sheep is what? And uh, yeah. In Jay's cow. Praise the Lord. I've, I've, I've my, I'm going to the school very well. Tree school. Uh, uh, 150 Ghana. Are you serious? Master, if you don't know that, you don't say that, you know. It's when on the size. Okay, so the smaller size, how much? Uh, about eight hundred cities to nine hundred cities. You, you, you better be careful. Amen and amen. So let's say even here they say seven thousand. That means that eight, even thousand. Let's say we are reducing its wealth to thousand sheep. Eight hundred times thousand. How much is that? Eight hundred thousand times seven. How much? About 5.6 million. And now 87 is what? 87 is what? 56. 5.6 million just for the sheep. And then the Bible talks about camels. How much is a camel? <laughs> now the, uh, so, so I, 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 can we agree that the man was a rich man? 
He was a rich man. When you read uh, uh, Job 28, 1, you realize that he was also into mining. He knew where the silver was, where the gold was, where the bauxite was. He knew all of that. That was the richest. And he had so much money. The Bible says that in verse 4. And his sons went and feasted in their houses. He had built houses for all his children. My God. All his children had houses. No, no, let's go to uh, Job 1 verse 4. We'll come back to this. Job 1 verse 4. And his sons went and feasted in their houses. Everyone on his day. <laughs> my God, my God, my God. Meaning, Monday, hey, this family, chilling family. Oh. Hey, some of us, our father should have been Job. Every day, Monday, Kwame. Tuesday, Wednesday, Ajwa. Thursday, Haji, Alamatu. And every one of them, there's a party. And about that, when they are done, look at the verse number five. Then you know why the man was a prosperous man. And it was that, it was so that when the days of their feasting were gone about that, about that, Job sent and he sanctified them and rose up early in, well, let's continue, in the morning and he did what? Offered burnt offerings according to the number of them to the Lord. The man was a giver to God. In the giving principle, the first person you give to is God. Job was a very generous man. And that is why his wealth, covenant wealth, kept coming to him. We've heard that he feared God. Now we have seen him practicing the covenants. Please, I'm showing things from the scriptures. I'll close very soon. No worry, I have just one, one point left. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. I'm not smiling. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. His prosperity was by the wisdom of God. Job 29 verse 1 to 4, you see it over there. He said the secret of the Lord was upon his chamber. So God was showing him things. And so in in Job 28, Job 28, says, Surely there is a vein for the silver and a place for gold, iron taken out of the earth, and brass is molten out of the stone. The man was into mining as well. His prosperity was beyond understanding. When you study Job chapter 29, 12 to 16, you see that the man was a giver to the poor as well. He gave to the poor. Listen to me. This whole year, what have you gathered to go and give to poor people? Have you taught about poor people? Because I delivered the poor that cried and the fatherless and him that had none to help him. That was the life of Job. Let's continue quickly. Uh, this is the way the man's prosperity was coming. So God will always visit him. When God gives you money and he knows that you will not keep it to yourself. A stingy man, I told you, whatever you have, the one who gives you come and take it. Then see that with all that more than its needs and it tenders to poverty. The blessing of him that was ready to perish came upon me. Have you ever thought that, oh, let me get something for somebody who is in a hospital. Sometimes we have some of these things, uh, go this fund me, whatever. Yeah, somebody who has cancer and then blah, 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 blah. Oh, is a man who fights the caca. He was coming, almost coming. You see, the man said that he that was ready to perish, his blessing was with him. And I caused the widow's heart to sing for joy. He was given to the widows. Let's continue. Quickly, quickly. I just want to show you something. I don't want to come back to this. So I put on righteousness and clothed me. My judgment was as a robe of diadem. The man was a blessing to people. A blessing to many. You go to 31, study from 16 to 25, you see the same thing over there. 
he was a blessing. He, uh, if I withheld the poor from their desire, or have caused the eyes of the widow to fail, or have eaten my muscle myself alone. Isn't that what some people do? They eat alone. And the fatless have not eaten thereof. From my youth was brought up with me, as with a father, and I've guided her from my mother's womb. Look at that. He, he takes care of people. In thinking about your financial future, are you thinking that, oh, about you, that somebody come and stay in your house, and then you help raise them, pay their school fees, take care of them, clothe them. These are the things that attract covenant wealth. Covenant wealth. Covenant wealth. So be a giver. Tell somebody to be a giver. Tell somebody to be a giver. Tell somebody to be a giver. Say, so re- if I rejoice because my wealth was great, the wealth of my hand, the man did not trust in his own money. He was a covenant giver. He was a covenant. His wealth was by the covenant. His wealth was by the covenant. Glory to Jesus Christ. Let's cut off the head of the snake with this last scripture. Psalm 41, verse 1 to 3. So blessed is he who has regard for the weak, who considered the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. Uh-huh. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive. He shall be blessed upon the earth. And thou will not deliver him into the hand, into the will of his enemies. Last verse. Last verse. And the Lord will strengthen him upon the bed of languishing. And thou will make all his bed in the sickness. That means that even when you are sick, God will come as a nurse and take care of you until you recover. Until you recover. If you are a giver. If you are a giver. Matunyesika. Enye didienguangu. Jensan ubeyinshira. Ama number one. Nyame, your titan, your first fruits, kingdom advancement seeds, prophet seed. Think about how you are going to bless your parents. Oh, my papa, think about how you bless them. Think about how you bless them. The poor, be a hiano. Think about how you be a blessing to them. When you do these things, your money, no matter how small it is, you see that it will be, always be more than enough. Always be more than enough. He said, Yamin Shira. Yamin Shira. God will prosper you. God will prosper you. May God open your understanding and open the windows of heaven over your life and give you covenant prosperity. May the covenant of the Lord open doors for you. I see supply coming to you. I see supply coming to you. Some of you, God is going to give you the wisdom that he gave to Job. And you see where the gold is passing. Where the silver is passing. Where the iron is. Where the brass is. That is going to be a source of prosperity for you. Lift up your voice. We're going to pray right now. We're going to talk to the Lord. That Lord, give me the wisdom of the covenant. Rise up to your feet wherever you are. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Oh, bashandala bababash. We hope that you've been blessed by this message. For more inquiries, visit our website www.ebenezaokolipa.com or call 0546-36-3957. God bless you.